Thank you so much to our children's choirs this morning for beautiful, wonderful worship. Turn in your Bible to the book of Romans, Romans chapter 16. The children read a parallel passage. Once you see the passage that we have, you'll understand why I didn't make them do this. Because I can't do it, much less they're being able to do it. Romans 16, beginning with verse 1. Romans 16, 1. Counted among God's people. I commend to you our sister Phoebe, who is a servant of the church which is Centria, that you receive her in the Lord in a manner worthy of the saints, and that you help her in whatever matter she may have need of you, for she herself has also been a helper of many and of myself as well. Greet Prisca and Aquila, my fellow workers in Christ Jesus, who for my life risked their own necks, to whom not only I do I give thanks, but all the, also the churches of the Gentiles. And greet the church that is in their house, and greet Eponidas, my beloved, who was the first convert to Christ from Asia. Greet Mary, who was worked hard for you, and greet Andronicus and Junius, my kinsmen, and fellow prisoners who are outstanding among the apostles who were in Christ before me. Greet Apleatus, my beloved in the Lord. Greet Urbanus, our fellow worker in Christ, and Stachus, my beloved, and greet Apelles and the approved in Christ, and greet those who are the household of Aristobulus. Greet Herodian, my kinsman. Greet those who are the household of Narcissus, who, who are in the Lord. Greet Tryphena and Tryphosa, workers in the Lord. Greet Persis, the beloved, who's worked hard in the Lord. And greet Rufus, a choice man in the Lord, and his mother and, and mine. And, and greet Asyncritus and Phlegon and Hermes and Patrobas and the brethren with them. Greet Philologus and Julia and Nerus and his sister and Olympus and all the saints who are with them. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the churches of Christ greet you. The children have been singing about heroes of the faith. We're all familiar with Goliath and Gideon, but had you heard about Tryphena and Tryphosa right here in Romans 16? No less heroes of the faith, according to the Apostle Paul. I hope you don't feel too ashamed if your heart was not all a flutter during the reading of Romans 16. It's not very interesting, is it? It's a list. It's a list of names and names that are strange to our ears in the pronunciation. And famed homiletics professor Fred Craddock teaches his preaching students, when you're selecting a biblical text, the number one rule is don't do the list. The lists are deadly. At all costs, avoid the list. But Paul is calling the role. 
And Paul's roll calling is interesting, if for no other fact as he has not yet been to the church at Rome, and yet he knows all of these names. He's wanting to go on another mission trip to Spain, and he's trying to remember those relationships he's had with the people he's crossed paths with, and the journey of his missionary endeavors, and well, he knew a lot of them, and they had been helpful to him. The list does give us something of a sociological makeup of this early church. There's a husband and a wife, Aquila and Priscilla. There's a son and his mother, Rufus and his mother. A brother and a sister, Nerus and his sister. A pair of brothers on that list, Andronicus and Junius. And those sisters, Tryphena and Tryphosa. There's an old man, Eponidas, and a single woman, Mary. And there's a single man, Herodian. Really, there's not much of what we call a nuclear family on this list at all. Well, they're a nuclear family and that Christ has called them together to be a family. It's an interesting list. As Fred Craddock says, not very, but, but kind of. But for Paul, it's, it's not a list, is it? He's in the home of Gaius in Corinth. Gaius is both Paul's host and the host of the church that meets in Corinth. And Paul is preparing to, to go to Rome and to Spain. And before all that, he's going to Jerusalem, which is out of the way, with this offering he's collected from the Gentiles to take for those famine relief, the Jews, the poor Jews in Jerusalem. And he's all nervous about this Gentile offering. When he arrives to Jerusalem with the offering from the Gentile churches, if the Jewish believers receive the offering, if the Jews receive the offering, they're suffering from a famine, then they have at the same time received the Gentile mission. If they refuse the offering or if they arrest Paul or, well, and and we know from Acts that is what happens. It doesn't go well, and he's nervous, and he's trying to get ready for this mission trip to Spain. Paul got a, a late start in ministry around age 35. By now, he's in his mid-50s, maybe even 60, and he's getting ready for that last mission trip to Spain, which we're not sure if he ever got to make it or not. And Maybe he's packing his cloak and he's packing the parchments and he's going through the books. And as he gets all this stuff out and he's tidying up to make the trip to Rome, he begins to remembering, sitting down amongst the boxes, he starts to remember and to reminisce. It's not a list for Paul. It's remembering. We need to remember our family of faith our church family. That's what you do when you, you think about church. You think about family and friends. The first church I served on staff was in Garner, Texas. You've probably never heard of it. I was the youth minister there. We had 40 in Sunday school. No, not 40 in the youth department. We had 40 total in Sunday school. We started with eight, and we were excited to have 40. And in the afternoon, we'd go home and go to the home of Ronnie and Sandra and have lunch. We were an hour away from the seminary in Fort Worth. And you, they, she, Sandra prepared a wonderful meal, but if you didn't leave quickly, she would get out home movies of her children when they were young. You know, the kind of movies that only a mom and dad could really appreciate. 
know the kind of movies that only a mom could really appreciate and show them. And, and then there was Robert and Polly. Robert was chairman of the deacons. And Robert, somewhere in the middle of the sermon, we all, it was kind of over and under as to when it was going to come, but he would stretch out right in the middle of the sermon and go, right in the middle of the sermon every single week. But he was chairman of the deacons, and we just let him yawn, I guess. But it was worth that hour's drive to be with that little family of faith because they were just that to us. They were, they were family. And then the only other church I've been on staff beside this one, I've been here a long time, was Meadowbrook and Robinson, and there are special people there, too. There was Ken, who was chairman of the pastor search committee, who was really nervous about calling a guy who had never pastored a young man to take the shoes of a very seasoned and wise veteran. And then there was Robert, who didn't have a lot to say, but supported the church above and beyond. And, and then there was Fran, who volunteered for every single thing. And Fran didn't have any more time than anybody else, but you could just count on Fran. And then there was Ray and Darlene. They would stay after the event was over and help the custodian and the pastor put up all the chairs and the tables. And, well, they didn't leave until you were able to leave. And, well, then there was George who was in a wheelchair. And George was a retired college professor and was a whole lot brighter than I was. And I knew it. And the congregation sort of followed George, and, and George helped me lead the congregation into new ideas and avenues of ministry. It's, it's remembering, isn't it? And then there's David and Dana. I've, I've changed their names. When I, I first arrived at Meadowbrook, they were living together, and they attended church about once a month. And by the time I left, five years later, they were married. He was a deacon, and she was a Sunday school teacher, folks who had let the gospel transform their lives. Remembering. Paul begins by remembering Priscilla and Aquila, verse 3. They are devout Christian people. They were able to instruct Apollos in the faith. The church met in their house in more places than one. And Paul remembers, they risked their lives for me, and I'm grateful whatever they did was well known because all the churches of the Gentiles were grateful. Maybe was this when Paul was in danger in Ephesus when this happened? It's part of the list there. Prisca and Aquila, they risk their necks for me. And next on the list is Andronicus and Junius, verse 7. Hey, we were in jail together, Paul remembers. One of those occasions when he was persecuted for the faith and he found himself in prison, Paul in prison, and they were in prison with him. Andronicus and Junius, called apostles. And then there's Mary. Mary, verse 6, who was a worker. Mary worked after everybody quit. She said, 
Paul, you go ahead and go home. I'll put the hymnals away, Paul. You're tired from preaching. I know you've had a long day. Now you just go. No, Mary, I know that you're tired too. I'm going to stay until all the hymnals are put up. Well, Mary counted, but I don't have to ride a donkey halfway across Asia tomorrow, Paul. You go on. I got the hymnals. Get out of here. It's remembering Mary. She worked. You could always count on Mary. Eponidas, verse 4, the first one down the aisle. I was preaching, and there come Eponidas, first one in Asia to say, yes, to Jesus is Lord. I remember the first one that ever responded to the preaching of the gospel when I was preaching. It was a, she was a she, and I shall never forget her. Eponidas, the first convert for Paul. And then there's those twins, Tryphena and Tryphosa. They sat right over here on the piano side, and they both wore blue, and one had a mole. And that, you think that would help you distinguish the, tins, the twins, Tryphena and Tryphosa, but Paul could never remember whether it was Tryphena or Tryphosa who had the mole. And so it really didn't happen that one of them had a beauty mark there on her face. So, well, he just spoke to them as if he knew them, but you couldn't be sure. If it was delicate or dainty, that's a translation of their names. The twins, delicate and dainty. Don't forget them. They were faithful, Paul says, always there. And then there's Rufus, verse 13. Paul remembers a choice man of the Lord. And then there's Rufus's mother. And Paul says, she was like a mother to me too. Rufus's mother and mine, meaning, well, Rufus's mother was like a mother to me, too. And I, I picture her as a large woman, hair pulled back in a bun, big apron on, made the best of breakfasts. And Paul would say, I've got to run. I don't have time to stay for breakfast. And Rufus's mother would say, apostle or not, Paul, you have to have your breakfast. Now sit down. You're not leaving until you eat your breakfast. Man, Rufus's mom, she was like my mom too. You've got those ladies in church that are like your mom too, don't you? It's, it's, not, it's not just a list. Don't call it a list. Don't be bored at the reading of the list. It's remembering. Fred Craddock remembers that list of names brought to Atlanta. Vietnam names. Black panels lined up one panel after another. And some people just walked by that black panels with all those names. And to them, it was just a list of names. But as you watch people that... Wall, when it, when it visited Atlanta, you would see a woman come up and she would look and search on every panel until she found the name she was looking for. And then she would take her hands and fill the engraved name, fill it with her fingers. And then she's holding a little girl and she takes the little girl and holds the little girl's hand up and places her hand. On the name. 
Another lady searches down low for a name and bends on her hands and knees to kiss the name. The list wasn't going to be there, the wall forever. And so here comes a man with a piece of paper and a pencil and he finds a name that interests him. And he takes the pencil and he goes back and forth and he is etching or sketching the name. So when the wall is gone, he'll have the impression of his Vietnam family member's name. Remembering. While Paul seems to be saying hello, there's a larger way in which he's saying goodbye, really. Paul is all anxious about going to Jerusalem and whether he'll be arrested or received. He doesn't know. He's tentative. Will it be death? Will it be bondage? Will it be imprisonment? And if you know the story, it, it becomes all of those things. Turn back to chapter 15 and verse 30 and, and listen to his anxiety as he writes and closes this letter to the church at Rome. Strive together with me in your prayers to God for me, that I may be delivered from those who are disobedient in Judea, and that my service for Jerusalem may prove acceptable to the saints, so that I may come to you in joy by the will of God and find refreshing rest in your company. Paul is so nervous, he's, he's not saying hello, he's really saying goodbye, and he's remembering those who have helped him in his ministry, and he's dreaming about another mission trip to Spain, but it all depends on how things go in Jerusalem, and he hopes the offering will be received, but he's nervous. As imperfect as church is, just the same, I don't suppose there is anything like it in all the world. Nothing like it anywhere. Nothing like belonging to a church family, having a church of your own, saying like those in Romans 16 could say, I belong to the, the church that gathers in the houses in Rome. Or I belong to the First Baptist Church or the Piney Grove Church or the Fillmore Methodist Church. Whatever it is for you, there is nothing like it in the world to say that there's a group of people a group of people with me who proclaim the Messiahship of Jesus. Yes, they talk about his death, and yes, his resurrection, his ascension, and we gather together every Sunday, and we anticipate his return. We sing praises to him. We study his word. We work, and we worry, and we worship together. It's being part of this gathering of the people of God. And I know I know she's imperfect, the church, because we're imperfect. But Paul saw the church as nothing less than the people of God, the new Israel, the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, the ecclesia, those who are called out to community, those like Israel in the Old Testament who are called to stand and listen every week, thus saith the Lord God Almighty. 
those who in New Testament language have built their own lives and their own family around the, the story of Jesus, a story of a virgin birth and a perfect life and a death that really made a difference in our relationship with God, an empty tomb and the hope of the resurrection. Those who make their story part of his story to die with him and to rise with him. Sometimes I'll come across someone who has somehow developed the strange idea they don't need a church family. Oh, we go to different churches, different weeks, pastor. We just pop in and out in different styles of music and different styles of preaching. And I wonder what they're running from. For in the church in Rome, it was a working body of Christ. People who were committed to each other each and every week. People with whom they served side by side, agreeing and disagreeing and loving and sacrificing and disappointing and being disappointed and washing feet and having your feet washed and feeding and being fed and all those things. When you are called to be a part of a body, you are called to embrace them as family. How do you ever get a sense that you belong to a church? Pastor, I've gone to First Baptist Church for years, but I don't feel like I belong. How can you get that sense that this place is your family and that you belong here? The answer is here in the text in Romans 16. You will never feel like you belong if you're sitting back and wanting others to cater to you. You will not feel like you belong, whether it's First Baptist Church or whatever church to which is your family. Unless you're willing to serve. You realize the names on this list? The first name is Phoebe. She's called a deaconess or a servant or uh, whatever you want to call her. She's busy serving people. Phoebe. And there, there's Prisca and Aquila. Man, they risk their lives for me. Then there's Mary, the one who worked and stayed after and put up the hymnals. And then there's Andronicus and Junius who are side by side with Paul in prison. And then there's Rufus's mother who served Paul so much that Paul said, man, she's like a mom to me. And then there's, yes, I don't remember either which one has the mold. Then there's Delicate and Dainty, Tryphena and Tryphosa who sit over here every Sunday but what are they called in this text? What is their distinguishing characteristic? They are called, quote, workers in the Lord. You belong. It becomes family to you. You sign up and serve with us this summer in Bible school. You'll be family before the week's over. <clears throat> Guarante I, I make that promise. You serve a week in Bible school and help us We'll have 1,200 kids in this room, and you will, you will be family. You'll have new children in the faith.
when you go sit on a long day in the waiting room with someone who has a spouse in the ICU, they will be family to you. When you show up and stand with church at a graveside, they will be family to you. The whole list, they were in prison with me, she's a worker, they served, they risked their necks. The church is a body of like-minded believers gathered around a man who died on a cross and rose again, proclaiming together that Jesus is Lord. We are his. Willing to submit to each other, willing to submit to the authority of Scripture, willing to change our lives and let the path on which we try be determined by the moral demands of the New Testament and the New Testament community. Willing to give our time and our money, our efforts and energies to hold the banner high for God's kingdom and God's people. Willing to study the word of God week after week because we believe somehow this book is different than all other books. The church is not a group of people gathered around a hobby or an athletic interest, and those can be good groups, but the reality is the only thing that we all have in common in this room, we are from multicultures, we're from more than a dozen different languages, and we're all over the spectrum politically, and the one thing we have in common as each of us has decided in our heart that Jesus is Lord, that he is the Son of God, that he died on the cross, and in his death he paid for our sins, that his tomb was empty, and our eternal life is built on the hope of his story. Church. Priscilla and Aquila, Eponidas, Persis, Phlegon, Philologus, Patrobas, family. Think of that name. This church or church you went to 15 years ago, think of her name. Who was like a mother to you? Who was it that risked their necks for you? Who was it if you were writing a letter and you were nervous and had new plans and you were scared and you were calling out the list? What would his name be on your list? 24 names I read in all and Paul is thankful and treats them like family. When the roll is called up yonder, when the roll is called up yonder, the roll is called up yonder, I'll be there. 
There's certainly a biblical imagery of this heavenly book that has recorded the names of the citizens of heaven. I, I know all that's true, and the role will be called up yonder, and we will be there. But Paul gives us a different kind of roll call, a different kind of list, a different kind of remembering. When the role is called down yonder, when the role is called right here, when the role is called at church, I'll be there. Will you? Will you be Rufus or Mary or Urbanus or Stachus and Dronicus or Junius? Will you be Trifina and Trifosa? Let us pray. Oh God, remind us today that church is family. We are called to be a part of the people of God. You never, ever call someone to say Jesus is Lord by themselves. In fact, the proclamation itself is a community proclamation Yes, he is my Lord, but more importantly, he is our Lord. He is the bridegroom and we are the bride together. Perhaps there's someone here this morning, oh God, who feels a call to this church family. This would be his place or her place to worship, place to serve, and place to say Jesus has died and risen from the dead. Maybe there are others this morning, and this would be his morning to come and say, I want to join this family, and I want to, to say with them, Jesus is Lord, creator of the cosmos, exalted sea, the right hand of the Father. And I believe it. And I'll gather to say it every week. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.